Welcome to episode one of Last Man Standing. I'm Taha. And I'm Daniel. And we're your host for this upcoming season of The Last Man Standing. We'll cover everything from hockey, basketball, soccer, baseball, cricket, and give you our amateur um, sports opinions. What do you think about that, Pretty Daniel? much. Man, you covered it. Guys, we're just going to lay it all out there. We're just a bunch of sports junkies. We just love talking sports. Hey, we both have good jobs as consultants, but you know what? This is something we don't get paid to do, but we really enjoy it. So we would love to share uh, our, as Taha mentioned, amateur thoughts with you and, and get some feedback in the process. And it'll be a fun season for sure. Are we going to be covering everything or like things in between as well in the middle? Like how, how's it going to work? Oh man, you know what? You remember that show Malcolm in the Middle? I remember the show, but I don't really think there was anything in the middle. Well, there was something in the middle, all right? And we're going to find out what's in the middle and we're going to cover it. Ladies and gentlemen, if it's on ESPN or some next obscure channel, we will cover it. We will even cover Kabaddi or maybe not Taha. What do you think about that? We'll even cover it, even if it's not on ESPN or Sportsnet or TSN, because we're going to be breaking news and giving you opinions that you've never, ever heard of. And we'll be giving you stats and facts that I, I, I promise you you've never heard of. And I promise that I didn't make it up and Daniel didn't make it up because that's how legit we are. And one more it's thing. It's all unscripted. We're Don't forget scripted. to mention it's yeah. <laughs> all unscripted. Um, so talking about not scripted, you know, there's this team in Toronto who never tends to follow the script. Ah. Right? And, you know, I'm not talking about the Argos. Okay. I'm not talking about the Toronto Rock. Oh, the I'm TFC? About... No, no, they, they've been following the script. They've been competitive. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But there's this team that hasn't been competitive in a really long time, and the script that they've been following has been written by the Boston Bruins. They're the producers, mm. the directors, the actors, the villains. The co-actor, the co-producer, the financer, the trademark company, you name it, that's them. Do you know who I'm talking about? I think I do know what you're talking about. But Daha, before you actually get to that, do you have a closet? And in that closet, do you have a leaf sweater? I do. And it's pretty heartbreaking, though. Okay. you don't, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to turn that heartbreak into something much better because I need you to wash that sweater and get ready for the parade in spring, because I think we're finally due. Since 1967, 52, 53 years since then, I think you're going to rock that sweater at a Stanley Cup parade. What do you think about that? So the, the eve before NHL season for 2019-2020 starts off, Danielle, you're telling me that you've rewritten the script for the Leaf season, and you're writing them down, as the NHL Stanley Cup champions for 2019-2020. Am I correct? You know what? You you are so correct. You are, you've are you hit the, the nail on the head. And I haven't written the script or anything. This is something that's been unfolding in front of in front of you and I. The day Matthews got drafted to the day we re-signed Martyr, everything in between, I think everything has led to this epic moment. And I think we're finally going to see a championship banner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is that what excites you about the NHL season, just the Leafs? Or are there other teams that you're keeping an eye on? Because, like, for me, as a, hockey, as a Toronto sports fan, yeah, the Leafs are the team that I, you know, 
watch throughout the season. But there are other teams that I, that I tend to look at. And I think over the course of the show, uh, we'll give a bit of a preview and some insight to talk about our favorites. But what excites you about the NHL season? You know what excites me? It's the journey. It's the, the, the anticipation and it's the speculation as well. You know, the heartache is gone from the playoffs. It's a new chapter. It's a new story. And if it can happen to the lowly St. Louis Blues who are last, the bottom of the division at New Year, it can happen to us as well. But don't forget, it's not just about the Leafs. There are some very, very good teams uh, in this season. You know, just to name off a few, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the President's Choice, uh, sorry, the President's Trophy winners, or what about the National Predators? I think this is going to be an epic season. And I think we're going to have some bold predictions as well throughout the show. Something right. uh, that may, you know, jumping off the deep end or maybe something like that. But and I think take. this is going to be a and great, great take. season. Oh, 100%. Oh, Taha, did you mention we're going to have some cool segments in the podcast as well? Segments so we'll, we'll, you've maybe we never heard. Crazy segments planned for you guys um, throughout the, the upcoming season. Uh, we'll be covering everything and anything uh, from NHL, NBA, MLB. We have some crazy segments that have been planned out that we've, you know, uh, have planned for some for today, some for next week. Uh, but if you guys have any feedback, our podcast will be available on all main, major mainstream streaming platforms. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. But, you know, as we dive into this week's topic of the Leafs and the NHL, Daniel, do you really think the Leafs on paper are better than last year? Um, I think so. I certainly think so. And you know what? With that said, I think we should jump right into our Eastern Conference preview first because the Leafs oh, do good. fall in that conference. And, and certainly we can take a deeper dive uh, and, and go through, uh, you know, everything Leafs related. But let's start with the Eastern Conference and more importantly, the Atlantic Division. Now, you just asked me a second ago how the Leafs are going to fare. Well, I'll tell you the three teams I think are going to make the playoffs from the Atlantic Division. I think. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, on paper, on paper anyway, the most balanced, uh, the best offense uh, in the game. Uh, I think they're going to run away with that division, uh, just like they have the past two years. Uh, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are actually going to finish second this year. They finished uh, third last year against the Boston Bruins, but I think this is the year they finally get over the hump and finish second in the division. And I think the Boston Bruins has given their experience uh, – you know, that, that counts for something, but they are an aging club. Uh, I feel like they are still going to be in the playoff hunt, but certainly the, the third seed in Atlantic. Uh, who do you have in Atlantic advancing? See, like the name of our show is Last Man Standing, and I'm going to disagree with you on that. In the Atlantic, I got my hometown, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, rounding off, rounding off the, uh, top of the Atlantic division. Uh, I got the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, Stamkos, um, has had a great season. Uh, addition of Kucherov over the last couple of years has been great as well for them. Uh, and I think the team is strong from uh, their D-line to the, off- to the offense, to their centers, right wing, left wings, and their goaltending has been strong. And the coaching staff has done a great job with them. But the agreed, one team agreed. that I, I, I honestly think can be a surprise for a lot of people this year are going to be the Florida Panthers. And I've been high on the Florida Panthers for the last couple of years. Um, and I think it just starts off with their goaltending from, um, Serge Bobrovsky. I can't pronounce his name, man. 
Bobrovsky. But, you know what? They Bobrovsky. they used to call him Bob in Philadelphia, the Flyer fans, because they couldn't think, pronounce his name. I'm, I think I'm going to stick with Bob as well. But You know what? Just I'm, call him Bob. I'm going to call him Bob. You know what? The, Go for it. I'm gonna, Go for I'm it. I'm going to call him Bob. Uh, I honestly think him and the addition of Mike Hoffman uh, and um, Uyghur this year in the D-line is going to really help them with continue to you know build on that young core that they have. And I think they're going to be a team to keep an eye on over the next a couple of weeks as the season starts off, uh, and I think they're going to shock a lot of people around the NHL world. Okay, interesting. That's not bad. So, so you know, I've got my pick style. You've got your picks. Let's start. You know what? We have one wild card seed. Who do you think is going to make it? I I had the Florida Panthers as one of the wild card teams. Uh, you know, you just mentioned that they're going to shock the world. Great. Just to kind of add on to that, they have hired a brand new coach, a head coach this year, uh, Joel yeah. Quinville. Joel Quinville, if you don't know, has won three Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. So, ladies and gentlemen, if coaching ever mattered in any sport, it's hockey. And I certainly think this guy's going to bring a whole new pedigree of winning and excellence. And it's really going to show, uh, this year with the Panthers. And my second wildcard team, uh, I have the New York Rangers, the upstart New York Rangers, actually. They've, uh, they have the second, um, the second overall pick from this year. Uh, uh, Artemi Perrin signed a, a long, a lucrative contract with them as well. I, I think the Rangers gonna have something to prove this year, and I think they will steal one of the wildcard spots. Who do you have? I have a team that I don't like talking about. Um, oh, wildcard. Oh. Okay, uh, interesting. As a, as a Leaf fan, I don't think anyone enjoys talking about them. It's it's not the Habs, is it? No, no, I just, the Habs. Okay, no, come on, man. You really think Carey Price is going to carry this team into the playoffs? <laughs> it, it's not. So I, I'm glad we agree. I'm glad we agree the Habs are not going to be one of the teams in the playoffs. Uh, I got the Boston Bruins. Uh, you know, okay. The wild card spot, and the reason being, uh, it's funny the NHL simulation was run earlier today, and uh, I saw that. Had, what kind of bullcrap is that? Um, oh my I, I, god! I, I need to talk to whoever's running this this uh, simulation. Please, there's a lot of teams out there that I can see, you know, winning the Stanley Cup other than the Bruins. But I think the one thing that they have on them on their side is their uh, veteran experience. Uh, yes, you know, agree. Veterans, but they also have some young guys in there that uh, are, you know, the transition from old to new is going so well for them, uh, and it's not sure. scripted either, right? They've done a great de- great job at uh, signing and drafting over the past couple of years and developing players. Uh, so I really think the Bruins will take a wild card spot, and then, like you mentioned, uh, the New York Rangers, you know, uh, didn't have the most productive season last year. Uh, Agreed. But I honestly think if things go well for them this year um, and they stay healthy, uh, last year what they finished, I think it was like ten points, about no twenty points out of a playoff position. Uh, wow. But I think it's a big it's a big jump for them to take. And I honestly think the Rangers have what it takes to be a not a contender uh, for the Stanley Cup, but at least a contender for the uh, playoff spot in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Great. So now that we've established our playoff seating uh, for the Eastern Conference, you know, let's just quickly give our picks for who we think is going to go from the conference as the champion. You know, uh, at the top of the hour, I did mention that Toronto Maple Leafs are going to go all the way. So for me, the Maple Leafs uh, will be advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. And the good thing is, now here's my beef with the current NHL playoff system. Um, what happens is the Leafs can finish second or third. It really doesn't matter. 
they'll end up playing the Boston Bruins or a very yeah. good team. Now, home ice, adva- home ice advantage really doesn't matter much here because in game six at home this year, we had the chance to take out the Bruins. We couldn't capitalize. But nevertheless, I think the, the playoff system is just really broken because in the first two rounds of the playoffs, two of the top six teams are eliminated. So if the Leafs don't play town, uh, if, if they play Bruins in the first round in advance, they'll most likely pay, uh, play Tampa Bay Lightning in round two, and that's a difficult matchup. But here's the good thing. If they make it past the Lightning to the Eastern Conference Finals, they will face a not a strong team coming from the Metro Division, who we will cover in just a second. So you know what? In, in that case, the Leafs may actually have an incentive to tank and drop down to the first wildcard position because you know, the top team in Metro will play the wildcard. What do you think about that? You know, it's crazy how when we had that system of 1-8 to eight making the playoffs, we used to complain so much. You know? We always complain. We, we don't like this. Teams, you know, two one divisions competitive, one conference is this or that. And now we go over to the one, two, three, and then having that wild card spot and then uh, the seeding happening and, you know, top two teams could get eliminated and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, being a hockey fan for a long, long, long time, I think it should be simple. Go back to the one, two, eight, let the teams play it out throughout the season and just get the show on the road. I think this whole new seeding format that they've introduced over the past couple of years has really thrown off the balance in the league. And, okay. You know, and w- when we talk about balance, I think uh, it's it coming to, even into the divisions individually or into the conference overall. When we talk Eastern versus Western Conference. There's a lot of different things that come into into play here. Uh, personally, okay. I want to go back to one to eight. I think it benefits all teams. Not being biased to the Leafs or anything. I don't want to run into Boston again. That's one. That could be one of the reasons. Maybe a couple of percent you know, pushing me to really push for that one to eight seed. But I think the NHL Board of Governors are aware of, you know, um, from a business perspective, impact is happening because some of the top teams are getting eliminated so quickly. But at the same time, it lets small market teams like the St. Louis Blues or uh, anyone sneaking into the playoffs make a make a big run for NBA. Yeah, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes beat the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely. Would you look at that? So I do agree with you. I think those are valid, valid points. Uh, now let's move on to the Metro Division. So I've got the perennial contenders, uh, Washington Capitals, uh, actually uh, finishing first in Metro, uh, followed by the Islanders. Man, they surprised a lot of people last year. It's the coaching, dude. I'm telling you, in hockey, coaching matters. Barry Trotz came in, worked a magic over their defense system. And you know what? Uh, JT was gone, but they still managed to not concede that many goals and do certainly really, really well in the playoffs. And uh, third, I've got the uh, the surprising Hurricanes. The Hurricanes have been on the up and up. I think Ron Francis did an outstanding job constructing that team. And and now Rob Brendamore is really taking it uh, by the horns and, and really making a big push. Uh, those are my three picks. And the two wild cards that I have in Metro, uh, actually, we already just talked about that. The Panthers. That. And, yeah, we just talked about that. Absolutely. But, Who do you have in the – yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I think for me, uh, here's another hot take for me. Uh, I think I'll, oh. I'll, be, and I'll probably be the last man standing on this. I got the New Jersey Devils finishing on top of the Metro. Devils, yeesh. And I'll tell really? you quickly why. It's, I'll sum it up in one sentence. Taylor Hall becomes a free agent next 
Free Summer. agency, the motivator of them all. Huh? And that ties into that closing sentence. E.K. Subban. Wow, what a pickup, huh? That's it. What a pickup that That's, was. That I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell seats off this season seat stadium storyline headlines. You know, put in the New <laughs> Jersey uh, paper, whatever it is you want. You, I'm telling you now, the Devils are the team to watch out for. But rounding off the bottom of my Metro uh, division, I got the Capitals. You know. Um, Gretzky is something that Oveshkin has looked up to over the past couple of years, and he has the opportunity over the next couple of seasons, even this season, to break some of the records that Gretzky has set. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a big year for Oveshkin. Uh, he does become a free agent uh, in a year or so. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot on the line to see if he's going to finish his career as a capital. And then the young guns, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, I think they're going to grab a seat as well. You know, they, they were a great team last year. Uh, they're only getting better as time goes on. You know, uh, you know how to say with age or with time, with experience, things get better. So I think uh, Carolina Hurricanes are a team to watch out for in the Easter Conference overall. Uh, and I and I really think it will be a competitive season for all eight teams that we've listed so far. I completely – those are some valid well, – some hot takes, man. You're jumping off the deep end there with the uh, with the Devils, but you know what? I like to be, I like to be the last man standing. Right? I like to be That's the last man That's what we do on the standing, show. Right? Exactly. All right. <laughs> so there, there you have it, the Eastern Conference. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Taha just confirming. You also have the Leafs? Yes, sir. Outstanding. Let's move on to the Western Conference, starting off with the Central Division. I will start off with the National Predators. They have been a a model of consistency for a long, long time. Uh, I believe they are truly balanced. Now that they've gotten Matt Duchesne, the big free agent acquisition, their defense with Ryan Ellis, with Roman Yossi, and you know it really, really depends on you know if the pieces gel uh, and if they can keep up the consistent play. You know, I have the Predators. I have the Colorado Avalanche finishing as second in that division. The Avalanche did some fantastic piece of restricted free agent business. Uh, I think Joe Sackick is a, a gem of a GM, and uh, the Avalanche are really set up for the next decade or so. And finally, I've got the reigning, defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, finishing third in Central. Who do you have? I think you listed two of the teams that I was going to list, but I, for me, on the top of the division in the uh, Central Division. I got the Colorado Avalanche, and I think they, they, they might be the President's Trophy's winner for me, too. Ooh, uh, interesting. Think, uh, Very interesting. With, with Nathan McKinnon at there, you know, he is the young God, guy. He's special, isn't he? He's something, he's he's something, something else. different, right? I know Connor McDavid gets else. a lot of attention in the league, uh, but I think Nathan McKinnon has that all-rounded skill. Uh, it's really rare to see. I think you see that in Austin Matthews over the past couple of seasons as well, but I really think... Uh, Colorado Avalanche will lead the Central Division. Uh, in second for me is the Dallas Stars. Uh, oh, interesting. The Stars were a playoff team in 2018. Despite the fact that their offense was horrible, they finished, I think, second last in the league with just like 209 goals. But okay. for them, uh, I think big, this big switch over the past, um, I guess like, over the past, the uh, free agency was that the, uh, Brought over the former Sharks captain, Joel Pavlovsky, okay. the three-year deal. Yep. And, you know, they also took a, a, a bit of a risk with uh, Corey Perry over there. But I, I honestly, I think the Stars are a team that have the right combination uh, as long as everybody plays the role of the team and they'll do well. And then rounding off that division for me, I got the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues. I know I'm not giving them a lot of credit, but, hey, 
Uh, it's a competitive division to play in. Who do you have in your uh, Pacific uh, division then? Great question. So moving on to Pacific, uh, I will start off with the Calgary Flames. Uh, under Bill Peters, Flames had an outstanding first year. And you know what? I expect some of their young guns, Johnny Goudreau, uh, Matthew Kachuk, who has a mean streak, who I think can really take the next step here and reach and break that 40-goal uh, barrier. Uh, Sean Monaghan and the reigning Norris Trophy winner. I, I think they will finish first in the Pacific Division, uh, followed by the, the Sanos, the great San Jose Sharks. Uh, Ron Wilson was at one time a great coach of theirs. They've done a fantastic job building a, a top-notch organization. And I think Eric Carson, Carson is going to be the key here. Uh, last year, he wasn't healthy. Uh, but I think a full year uh, playing alongside Brett Burns, uh, maybe on the second unit even, uh, I, I think it's going to pay dividends, and I think they're really going to really going to you know keep up the great work. Uh, followed by the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Golden Knights. What can you say about them? Uh, I just came back from Vegas about two months ago, Taha, and everywhere you see there's that helmet, the Golden Knights logo everywhere. They love the Golden Knights in their city, and they've done a fantastic job building. Uh, a contender for years to come. Uh, I've got those three in my Pacific. Who do you got? It's funny. So I'll, be, I'll, I'll build off your uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, story. Uh, I got them finishing third in the Pacific. So yeah, they're making the playoffs for me. But I guess that skill level, that story that the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to set over the first two seasons in the NHL, you know, really lives off of the the the, the, the motto for uh, Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So. Those guys have played hard in Vegas. They've been have a winning champ, winning team there, and I think their winning culture is there to stay uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, and then in second for me, I got the San Jose Sharks. Like you said, you know Carlson have, has really, uh, you know, gotten over that whole uh, Senators issue, the SAG all social media attention, and you know uh, has grown professionally and personally level and gone over the whole Senators organization is ready to take the next step in his career, and I think it's the right move for him. You know, being a senator for a long time, didn't really get the success that he wanted. And now he has the chance to, you know, uh, take the San, San Jose Sharks back to the Stanley Cup Finals and uh, really, you know, add more to his resume uh, in the NHL. And then for me, I got, uh, I don't call them the Calgary Flames. I call them the Bi- Brian Burke Flames. Um, the Brian Burke Flames. Yeah, okay. And, you know, uh, Berkey's so they're going to flame guy. out. That's, that's what you're saying. Because uh, Berkey flamed out in Toronto. Yeah, so for me, either the Flames are going to finish top of the division or they're not going to make the playoffs at all. And the so reason it's plus I say or that nothing is, for them. Okay. That's, that's why they're the breaky flames. Like, straight up. And the fact is, like, with the, same with the Leafs, you know, Burke's done a great job of building an organization uh, with some young guys. And he also picked up Milan Lucic uh, recently as well. Uh, and I think these guys have the right combination to be a really good team. But I also compare them to the Edmonton Oilers. You know, sometimes the Oilers, they made that run to the playoffs. But when they're really bad, they're awful. So that, that's who, that's what I have. That's um, true. There's no middle. There's no middle. Yeah, that's that's not true. That, that's that's what the last been standing. I told you we cover everything, and we also <laughs> but we cover the middle. But the Flames fail to cover the middle. I think it's a Canadian thing. The Oilers do it. The Flames do it. But we don't. You know, we we, we cover no, the middle. It's funny. Like we're we're listing off all these teams, and we don't see a lot of Canadian content in there. You know what? I will start off with my wild card picks. I will throw the Dallas Stars in there. You mentioned some really, really valid points earlier on as one of your Pacific leaders. I also think the incumbents, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, uh, I, I think they're there with a purpose, with a chip on their shoulder. And it's really now or never 
for that Stars team, which is, you know, aging now. And then secondly, um, I have the Winnipeg Jets finishing uh, second as a wild card team. Now they have some question marks on defense. Uh, Dustin Bufflin, um, you know, he's not committed yet to the team. Uh, but the good news is the restricted, the prized restricted free agents have both resigned, including Patrick Line. And I think he's poised for a big season. Uh, last year was a bit of a mirage. I think he's really going to break out again and, and show his true nastiness and, and show us why he is one of the leading goal scorers in the NHL. Who do you have for the wild card? So I got the Winnipeg Jets uh, taking a wild card spot. Uh, you know, Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, both back with the team. Didn't have a deal until sometime into the I think into the uh, training camp. But I think yeah. they're a team that you need to keep an eye out for. But once again, um, if they don't play well together, there can be a lot of issues down the road. And I think uh, uh, they're a team to keep an eye on in the beginning of the season. That's because, you know, Bufflin is, is not around. He has on a leave of absence, he's been suspended or whatever from the team. Uh, and that's going to be a big hole for the team to fill on a leadership level, veteran experience, and also on the D-line. So I think the Winnipeg Jets have their uh, hands full coming into this season. But the other team, here's my hot take once again. I'm, I want I'm going to be the last man standing with this team as well, are uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, ah. They, they did an, an awful job last year, you know, and I think they've been going through a a rebuild over the past uh, couple of, I guess, years. But Sounds seems cool. like forever, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but I think with Peterson uh, playing the way he did last year and the young guns around surrounding him, I think uh, the Canucks have the pieces to be a competitive team, but at the same time, uh, they are being coached by one of the youngest coaches in the NHL, which is Travis Green. So I don't know if they can contend for a, a, a regular playoff spot, but I think uh, they will be able to, uh, you know, use that pop in their forward group and, you know, their additions in the offseason to, you know, grab that last wild card spot in the upcoming NHL season. Gotcha. So who do you have advanced from the West? I don't know. It's tough, man. It's... We've already picked one team to make it a Stanley Cup. I don't know, man. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. You don't know. It's obvious. It's staring you in the face. Please look at it. Open your eyes. It's the Nashville Predators, man. They're going to go to the Stanley Cup finals from the Western Conference. Let me, let me hit you, man. Honestly, bro, here's my take on this. The Predators are balanced. They're deep. They have Ron Johansson. They have Matt Duchesne. And it all depends on how healthy the ageless, the ageless Pecorini can remain. I think they're well coached. And you know what, man? Now that they lost P.K. Subban, other young guns are going to step up. And I think the Leafs and the Predators are going to lock horn. And by the way, I got the Leafs winning in six games. Funny, I don't even have the Predators making the playoff, um, which is great. Uh, okay, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, oh, my God. Okay, fine. I, if I were to pick a team from the West, I see that would make the Stanley Cup Finals. And if I were to take a blind guess at it, it's either the San Jose Sharks or the Vegas Golden Knights. But I'll stick with the San Jose Sharks. Like you said, the lock horns of the Leafs. And they would, um, I guess, you know, win it in six, in my opinion. Uh, but that's a long shot. The Leafs, the Leafs would win it in six. Yes, the Leafs, right? Yeah, the Leafs in six, 100%. Good, good. I'm glad uh, we agree just, on that, man. I thought you were going to surprise me there, too. No, we're, we're, like I said, I won't, I won't let you be the last man standing on this one, on this go. Okay, okay. Be a lot of other okay. Can you swim, though? I can swim. Actually, I'm learning how to swim right now, so I can't even swim. Are you actually? <laughs> <If I'm>, uh, <laughs> 
Dude, I, just don't do this a long time ago. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll that's, cover that's swimming one day. Podcast. Maybe that, we'll that, record dude, one of our podcasts. In the Man, pool. honestly, <laughs> trust me, you'd be, well, you'd be the last man standing because I'd be afloat dead. Perfect. So Perfect. that's go. how that would work. Uh, so just really quickly, guys, we're going to run through our award winners. Uh, nothing too fancy here. For the MVP, I've got Nathan McKinnon. Uh, for the Conn Smythe buff MVP, uh, I think Austin Matthews is really going to step up. Uh, for Rocket Richard, actually, I also believe, here's my bold prediction for Rocket Richard, all right, if, if you really want to hear my hot take. I think yeah. Austin Matthews, this is the year he really, really cranks it up. Every year he's been hurt. He hasn't play, played 82 games. But you know what? This man is one of the best at scoring even-strength goals in the NHL. I think only Connor McDavid is a more talented even-strength goal scorer than, uh, than Austin Matthews. I think Matthews really breaks out this year, and uh, he wins the Conn Smythe as well. Uh, for these three awards, who do you have? I think I agree with you on almost all of them. Wow. Um, do you really? I, you sure you don't want to give P.K. Subban the MVP, Devil's Boy? I don't know, man. Lowly, like, I know you had Nathan McKinnon taking the Hart Trophy, right? But I'm torn between uh, Connor McDavid as well, but I think I'm going to give it to Nathan. He deserves it. But yeah, I can see it happening. I think this is Matthews' year to shine with the Rocker Shard. And, uh, I think it's, it's it being part of that new script that you're writing for them in the 2019 season. I think this would be a great fairy tale ending to the season if Matthew picks up some hardware aside from the Stanley Cup. Outstanding. So, guys, there you have it. Our uh, playoff uh, contenders and our awards and also the pretenders. And you know what? Better luck next time, Edmonton Oilers, because you guys absolutely suck. You took once-in-a-generation player and you've ruined three good years and now – you better come out swinging because he's going to ask for a trade very, very soon. They had so some great players have... <laughs> around him, man. They had t- Taylor Hall was there for a while too. He uh, was, but then he's no they, longer there. <laughs> they like this. This this organization is is beyond me. I compare them to the New York Knicks. Great talent, has some wow. great players. Oh my god! But they they haven't been the able to Knicks. really the capitalize on this talent, and I I feel bad for Connor, and I hope that one day he leaves and he finds a new home somewhere else. And really, hey, why not back here his... in Toronto, huh? Good old Toronto boy. <laughs> I think we got a lot of players locked up for the next five years. I think Alex <laughs> Dubis can really, uh, you know, replay or rework the um, salary cap. Then we might be able to uh, really bring in Connor into uh, into Toronto. So you mentioned Dubis right now, and we're gonna just kind of dive into a, a Leafs discussion here, just really quickly. You know, one question I was asked today: uh, you know, who's under more pressure? Mike Babcock, the coach, or Kyle Dubas, the architect. You know what? It's it's a tough situation. First of all, kudos to Dubas. You know he had a difficult situation to navigate out of this offseason. He knew Mardner was a free agent, restricted free agent, and he knew he was going to ask for the world just based on what Matthews got. But you know what, man? He he took his assets and he turned them into salary cap space. The Kaju trade hurt initially, but we understood why he did it. They didn't need some cap relief, but we also needed a defenseman to bring more balance, a left-handed shot, a right-handed shot. Tyson Berry fills that hole. And they got Kerfoot back as well. So, you know, Kadri did go, Marner did resign, but Dubis, you know what, they're up against the cap. It kind of feels like they have to make it happen in the next two or three years, or they're going to suffer from what the Blackhawks went through, is they were up against the cap, and they had to start giving away pieces for next to nothing. 
And that's what happened with P.K. Subban in Nashville. They had to trade him because they're up against the cap. So they are a capped-out team. Now, here's the next part. What about Mike Babcock, Daha? What do you think? Is he under a lot of pressure this year? I think he is. You know, he had a tough time uh, in the playoffs and over the last couple of seasons managing ice time. And I think a lot of big, the biggest complaint was, like, Austin Matthews is your uh, you know, number one center and why he is he thinking he's third when it comes to ice time behind JT and Marner. Third. So That's I think, right. I think Babcock and Dubas spent the summer working with each other, working on their chemistry and their relationship to make sure they're both on the same ch- page. And a lot of people say said that they weren't on the same page. I and I kept telling them, I'm like, you know what? They're in the same book. They're in different chapters. And when the season's <laughs> over, I'm sure they'll start a new chapter on the same page because Shanahan, Dubas, and Babcock are brilliant Shanna Plan, Babcock, Dubas are brilliant guys that you know know how to lead this team uh, to a championship, and they know what a, what's at stake here. You know, they've given that this team a couple of year window uh, to make sure that they're able to bring a championship to the city. But I think in order for all this to work, there's a few players out there that need to go right for the Leafs to win. Sure. And I personally think, aside from Marner or JT or Riley or, you know, Frederick Anderson and Ned or whoever it is, I think the one player that will really, you know, be the charge for this team is Austin Matthews. And unless Austin is, you know, gets injured, you know, fingers crossed, he has a healthy year, plays all 82 games. I think he needs to be a leader on and off the ice, and he needs to, uh, you know, contribute to the to the power play unit, to um, to the third line as well, and giving them in mentorship wise, and making sure that he's leading the first line, but he's also providing mentorship to the young guys out there with him to make sure that they're all playing at their highest potential. And I think he needs to go right. And- all right, so Daniel, you heard who I think needs to go right for the Leafs to you know, be a winning team this year. But who do you think needs to play well, go right? One player that needs to go well for the Leafs to be that championship team. One player? I don't think it takes one player to win a championship, man. I I think the onus is on the core here. Uh, Hockey players tend to peak between 22 and 25, and our big three is entering that zone right now. And let me give you a prime example. The Chicago Blackhawks. Young Patrick Kane, young Jonathan Tez, they're 21 years old when they won the Stanley Cup. Guess how old Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are right now. So I think the window is now for these guys to go and capitalize. And another improvement from last year, no more Ron Hainsey. <laughs> you cannot yeah. have that man as your top-pairing defenseman on any Stanley Cup winning team. And, of course, you know, no more Nikita Zaitsev as well. And I think just they've learned from the past mistakes, man. Like, they were bullied. They were outbodied by the Bruins. But I feel like this is the year they finally get over the hump. They learn not to play with their emotion like Kadri. You know, every single year, the past two years, they're going to be more relaxed, I find. And they're going to have a, a goal and an end in sight. Uh, yeah, that's what I think needs to go right. So, if that's what needs to go right, what do you think needs to go wrong for the Leafs? And if for me, I'll keep it quick and simple, and I'll say one word. Defense. If our defense, defense collapsed, and you put the pressure on Frederick Anderson to, you know, carry that weight throughout the 82-game season, you're screwed. And I'll, that's, that's as simple as I'm putting it for you. That's actually very, very to the point and pretty clean. I think Frederick Anderson needs to be well-rested. 
Whoever the backup goalie is, I'm not sure they've announced yet. He will need to carry a load, a heavy load here. And like you said, the defense is a brand new defense. Tyson Berry's coming in. Cody Cece's coming from the Senators. I think it's all about gelling with their top two uh, pairs there. And I think Rasmus Sandin. The, the he's, rookie, he's in that player to watch. Yeah, you think so? Superstar yeah. rookie. He's going to start the Leafs. Babcock broke the news. He's going to be on the third pairing. I think the, the defense has to really gel. And I think they will. I mean, like I said, anything's better than Ron Hainsey. 100%. So that wraps up our deep dive. I know you like your swimming, so that's our deep dive into the <laughs> okay. Leafs. Okay. Um, okay. And I, like, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that every week we'll introduce some new segments. And I, one of my favorite segments that is going to be consistent throughout the season for us, it's called My Two Rupees, uh, which basically means cents. Rupees is used in South Asia, and it basically converts to a cent here in uh, Toronto. <laughs> so um, this week's topic for my two rupees is um, captaincy. And I think we're going to give, I'm going to give my my views on what I think I look for in a great captain and who I think is going to be the Leafs captain. And then I think you will, but actually, you know what? I'm going to let you start with that. I want to see if you're going to be the last man standing on this one. Oh man. Uh, that's, that's a great topic for this discussion. Captaincy is huge. Uh, Babcock pretty much confirmed it today on TSN uh, when James Duffy asked him. There will be a captain on opening night tomorrow night. Who it's going to be? It's up in the air. Uh, a week or two weeks ago, maybe, Austin Matthews would have been the hands-on favorite. Now you've got John Tavares and also Morgan Riley. Now, going back to the first part of the question, a captain is someone uh, you look up to when times get difficult, right? When you go up there to hoist the cup, you're not going to have three assistant captains going up. This is in the 1989 Calgary Flames. You're going to have no. one sweater, one crest, one C. A captain is someone who dictates the pace, someone who really steps up and gives that team that emotional push when they need it. Uh, you know, that's my definition of a captain, really. And, and you know what? We've had some great examples of captains in any sport. You and I are junkies. You know, Steve Eisenman was an outstanding captain. Messier was an outstanding captain because these leaders led not only with their play, but also with their words. Uh, and as far as, and as far as who would the Leafs captain be? Two weeks ago, this would have been pretty black and white, but you know what? I still think the Leafs stick to their guns and make Austin Matthews the leader. Now, of course, what happened was unfortunate. It's embarrassing for Matthews. It's embarrassing for the Leafs. It must be those young hockey players from America, man. I don't know what it is with them, but they love to, they love to party. But in any case, I think the Leafs will really stand to, uh, stand with their guns and name Matthews the leader because really the whole rebuild started with Matthews. Um, who do you think is going to take, from, uh, from my, my the two mantle? in this is the fact that for me, a good captain looks like someone that's, you know, visionary, uh, creating a vision on and off the ice and making sure everybody's comfortable and creating, uh, and creating to the full potential there. And I think a leader on and off the ice, uh, is something that I look for in a captain. Uh, like you said, we've seen great, great captaincy over the past couple of years. Matt Sundin, uh, was a captain that I looked up to growing up and I love the way he played. Sidney Crosby, great captain, uh, been doing a great, great, great work, uh, with the Pittsburgh organization. Um, I guess for me, it would have been a tough choice, but I'll say it this way. If Austin Matthews is not the captain opening night, that is, and they give it to JT, that is the most Maple Leaf thing that could happen. 
to anyone Why not? in the world. Why not? Because the Maple <laughs> Leafs are known for doing making decisions that no one will ever agree with, but they'll make them. Uh, but I honestly think Austin Matthews deserves it. He's young. He's the one that you've built around. He's your future uh, for this organization. You know, really picked up this organization and brought them to where they are today. You know, to round it off, my message to all the Leaf fans, by the Leafs organization. Way, that answer, that answer was worth one rupee, not two rupees. All right, I'm just throwing I'm it gonna, out there. I'm, I'm going I'm to give you the, the second rupee right now. It is no longer <laughs> no. 1967. No, no, no. <laughs> the script needs to change. Change the director. Get rid of Boston Bruins. Austin Matthews, the Leafs organization, you need to bring change and you need to live up to your words and your expectations. You need to deliver. It's been a really long time coming. The city is waiting patiently for a Stanley Cup championship to come. We saw what they did for the Raptors and you can just imagine what they would do if the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. You know what? Can you imagine the parade? So, like, two million people came downtown Toronto just to celebrate the Raptors, as they should have. The Raptors, wow, what a magical run that was. But can you imagine the whole country, even, going off crazy for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I can't even fathom it. I think it would be insane just to see a Canadian win uh, the Stanley Cup and that to be the Leafs. That would That's be, right. like, a That's dream right. come true. But as you mentioned... Icing on the cake, exactly. And as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we'll continue to talk about our victories and celebrations and parade celebrations over the season for the NHL, NBA, NFL, CFL, MLB, you name it, we'll talk about it. Uh, our, our podcast is available on all mainstreaming, uh, software platforms out there, SoundCloud, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. And the biggest thing that Danielle and I expect from you guys is firstly like, share, Listen and give That's us feedback. All we ask. Give That's us feedback. All we ask. Let us know what you guys want us to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Uh, our information will be in, uh, in the, in the description of the podcast on our platforms, on our channels and our accounts for our, uh, podcast. So make sure you guys continue to tune in every week as we'll be dropping our podcast in the middle of each week. Cause like we said, we cover everything in the middle. And every, every week we'll have a new topic, some new guests joining us. And Danielle and I are really excited for this new chapter of our lives as we start this amazing podcast called The Last Man Standing. So make sure you guys tune in. Anything you want to share with the, the listeners before I sign off, Danielle? You know what? This is going to be, this is just a good time to be a sports fan. Let me just put it this way. The MLB playoffs, they're starting. The Raptors started their training camp as well. Uh, we're going to do a full in-depth look at the Raptors, the MLB playoffs, the NFL, and everything in between. And guys, I'm hyped. I am pumped. We ask uh, that you share, you like, and give us your feedback so we can make this a product that you really uh, enjoy listening to. Keeping it short and simple, don't be the last man standing. Make sure you tune in and listen to our podcast every week. We've got some great content for you. I'm Taha. I'm Daniel. Oh, I was the last man standing today, by the way self-proclaimed but we'll give it to you uh, thanks for tuning in for <laughs> on the first episode of the last man standing we'll be back next week with some great content thank you see you later bye bye